Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi Gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. Here's what you missed on Buck Sexton with America Now. It's time for some national security analysis, and we have our friend Fred Flights on the line to help us through that. He is a senior vice president at the Center for Security Policy. He's also a former CIA analyst and a former chief of staff to Ambassador John Bolton. Mr. Flights, great to have you back. Great to be here, Buck. Uh, so you wrote on National Review, Iran is not complying with the nuclear deal. And of course, people listening, because I talked about it yesterday on the show, might think, well, hold on a second. The Trump administration just recertified officially the deal, but said that they're not complying in spirit. Make sense of all this for us. Are they complying? Are they not complying? Is somewhere in between? Tell us what's going on. Uh, they're not complying, and it's it's not a... Uh it, it, it's not a pretty picture. On Monday, uh, tr- uh, Trump's senior advisors had a package of proposals to declare for the second time that Iran is complying and that the agreement is in the national security interest of the United States, both claims of which I might say are absolutely false. But to sort of cover up that by implementing new sanctions against Iran. Now, I've written about this, Ambassador Bolton's written about this, three U.S. senators. Uh, uh, Cotton, Cruz, and Purdue wrote a very persuasive letter on very blatant areas where Iran is violating the agreement. And nevertheless, the administration decided to declare that it's in compliance. And the reason is that Secretary Mattis, Secretary Tillerson, and and, and, uh, National Security Advisor McMaster uh, do not want to get out of the agreement because it will anger the Europeans and because uh, they, they, they don't have an alternative. But i got to tell you, that is not where the president is. He was not happy about this. Uh, Fred, uh, why, would they, why would they certify it, given the circumstances? Is this just buying more time to create the political room, the political consensus necessary in order to finally say that Iran is in noncompliance and take action? Or, you know, what, what's the strategy involved here? Well, the foreign policy establishment doesn't want to get out of this agreement. They never want to get out of agreements. And they're claiming that, look, it's an international agreement. Uh, We've given our word. We can't re-implement sanctions. It'll upset the Europeans. I I question whether this is a true multilateral agreement. It was really just between us and Iran. The other states joined later. We can impose meaningful new sanctions by banning uh, nuclear and missile technology transfers. But I I think what we have to really look at is that this agreement is strongly opposed by the Gulf states and by Israel because it was imposed on them. They had no say in it. We should put together a new new anti-Iran alliance that looks at all the threats Iran poses and include in the negotiations the Gulf states and Israel. You know, when Clinton had a nuclear deal with North Korea, Japan and South Korea were at the negotiating table. Why was Israel not involved in this negotiation that affects its very existence? One of my concerns about this deal, and for everyone listening, we're speaking to uh, Fred Flights, who's senior vice president at the Center for Security Policy. Uh, Fred, one of the concerns that I've had is that Iranian compliance at this stage 
in many ways is in their interest, at least with either egregious violations where they would give plenty of room for the U.S. and others to say, hold on a second. That's not really in their interest because the, the goodies, the benefits are front loaded for Iran. So it's, it seems to me like it's going to be a while before we get to a point where the Iranians even have much of an incentive to violate the agreement in, in major ways. So is the, is the game plan for the Trump administration, you think, to wait for that? Or what are they going to do in the meantime? Well, I think the violations are pretty significant. Uh, Iran is not letting the IEA uh, inspect military sites. It's a major violation. That's where nuclear weapons work is taking place if it's occurring. It's produced too much heavy water. It's produced too much enriched uranium. Uh, But uh, even more significant, this agreement allows Iran to pursue nuclear technologies. It can enrich uranium while the deal's in effect. It can build a and operate a heavy water reactor while the deal's in effect. So Iran is moving towards a nuclear reactor, a nuclear weapon, even if it fully complies. But but that's kind of what I mean. Com- compliance isn't yeah. even that painful for Iran. That's right. So basically, we can't certify this as in the national security interest of the United States. There is a policy review underway, and I've talked with a number of people, including Ambassador John Bolton. We don't think the president's going to certify again. I think he did it this time very reluctantly. Uh, but frankly, people like you and me and others, we need to keep the pressure up. What do you think, by the way, will happen if the next time that it's up for certification, if, if, if certification is denied by the administration, what goes on then? So for everyone listening, for everyone wants to know, okay, so what would happen? Tell us. Well, I mean, supporters of the bill are saying, well, Iran's behavior will get worse. Europe will be mad at us. Iran's behavior already got worse since the agreement was announced. Basically, Iran's behavior will get even worse. Is that the standard that we should be judging why we should stay in the agreement? Europe will be mad. Of course they will. But I think we would have to send Tillerson and other people to Europe and to the Middle East and say, look, we're moving in another direction, a better direction that also looks at missiles and sponsorship of terror, meddling in regional disputes. And this other agreement simply is null and void. And on the issue of Afghanistan, by the way, that's another place where there's been a security review that's been talked about. It is underway. Fred, I, I have major concerns. Uh, that's an, it's an issue that I've been following and, and worked on uh, back in the day. I've been looking at it very closely for years and years. I, I know that there's supposed to be a new strategy and no one could be there's no one that can think of who's a better place to come up with a new approach than General Mattis, but I'm not sure there is a strategy that will change things in Afghanistan. I want to know what your take is. When we look at Afghanistan and Syria and North Korea, there are major disasters that are hard to solve because the Obama administration was so incredibly incompetent. And I think this is really true in Afghanistan. Fortunately, he didn't pull out all the troops because his military advisor said, you know what happened in Iraq when you did that. But uh, the situation in Afghanistan has seriously deteriorated. Uh, ISIS has, has a foothold and is staging spectacular terrorist attacks. I don't know the solution there. There is talk that we might send in contractors to fight the war on the cheap. I don't, I don't have the credentials to assess whether that's a good idea or not. I don't know how the, the Afghans will respond to that. And I'm with you. I don't know what the strategy is going to be. 
Yeah, because I've I've heard what the the supposedly new versions are so, are supposed to be, and I've been around this game long enough to know that those were the same solutions and ideas from uh, years ago, many years ago in some cases, maybe even a decade ago, depending on what specifically we're talking about. Uh, one more for you, Fred, before we let you go. North Korea getting a lot of attention in the early months of this administration. Another place you mentioned a disaster because in part of the. Uh, inertia, if we want to be kind, I guess, of the Obama administration, strategic patience, which is a fancy way of saying not doing very much and not having any new ideas. Uh, What should be done with North Korea, given the continued uh, hostile acts of missile testing and saying they're going to, you know, engulf us all in a big wave of fire? I think when nations threaten to attack you with nuclear weapons and they have an aggressive and rapidly growing nuclear missile uh, uh, program, you should take it seriously. I'm worried we're in a trajectory. You need to take aggressive action now. We need to implement the kind of sanctions China has been vetoing for years, such as stopping North Korean ships at sea, uh, cutting off all access to finance. We need to do these outside of the UN, put together another alliance, something called the Proliferation Security Initiative already exists. It could be used to do this. We should be shooting down North Korean missiles that leave North Korean territory increase our our nuclear presence in the region as well as missile defenses make china's support of north korea painful so it has an incentive to twist north korea's arm i don't like the idea of attacking north korea i hope it's never necessary but there's a lot we can do to twist the arms of both north korea and china fred flights uh is a senior vice president at the center for security policy former ci analyst like me uh great to have you on fred where should people go to read your latest uh please please go to our website securefreedom.org and read my piece there and other materials by the center for security policy fred thanks so much great to have you come back soon good to be here like us on facebook just search buck sexton